Hi, my name is Charlie, and I still play with cars. In this episode of the Still Plays With Cars podcast, we're going to be talking about Dodge trucks. Dodge started as a company in 1900, so 121 years ago, uh, started by the Dodge Brothers. But uh, specifically this time, we're going to be talking about the 1972 to 1993 Dodge trucks and first-gen Rams. In 1972, Dodge released the newly redesigned uh, D and W series trucks. Uh, D is a two-wheel drive Dodge and a W is a four-wheel drive Dodge. They were available with a number of engines, from the Slant 6 all the way up to the big block 440. This body style would uh, remain in one form or another all the way up until 1993. Uh, that's uh, 21 years for those of you who are counting. Uh, it's not the longest vehicle to go more or less unchanged in the Dodge lineup that uh, goes to the to the power wagon. Uh, that was released in 1946 and continued on until 1968 unchanged, so 22 years. That being said, there were some changes with the D&W series trucks throughout their uh, lifespan. Um, <clears throat> so the uh, grill is mostly what you'll find is different between these trucks. Uh, so there's a facelift in 74. Yeah, 74. And that ran until 1977. And then that carried on until 78. 79 and 80 got a different grill. And then 81. Uh, the first Ram debuted, so it would have been called a Dodge Ram at that point. 1981 also saw new sheet metal on the truck, um, slightly square wheel openings, and uh, maybe a little less round, uh, more square to, uh, to get, I guess, more into the shape of the 80s. Um, the truck also got a new dashboard and new door panels, although the cab remained largely the same. 1981 also got the egg crate grill, which lasted up until 1985, uh, when Dodge switched to the crosshair grill uh, for the rest of this generation. My first experience with a Dodge truck, um, besides the Ram van that I kind of grew up in, um, with the actual pickup, uh, it came in the form of a 1982 uh, Dodge Ram D150, so this is a two-wheel drive. Uh, it was a 318 with a four-speed. It was an ex-forestry truck, and I believe we were the third owners of it. At the time, my dad was looking for a truck, and we looked at Fords and Chevys and all that sort of stuff, and we finally ended up with this... Uh, Red cab, long box, uh, ex-forestry truck that was still green and um, was actually in fairly good shape. Uh, as I had mentioned, it was a 318 and a four-speed, and it had a 
I want to say it was a 323 rear end in that truck. But it had been used. It was uh it had had a it had had a life before we got to it. And then uh afterwards I had uh, continued to drive this truck and um we kind of looked after it. It had a lot of miles on it, so it kind of had a continuous oil change going. I would uh top up the oil when I could start to hear the lifters rattle, but it's a 318, it can handle it. <laughs> Not exactly the uh the, the hallmark of uh, automotive maintenance there, but, uh, oh well. It was, or I guess I should say is, a really good truck. Um, I've still got it, and hopefully it will be restored soon. I uh, feel like I kind of owe that truck. That saved my bacon on numerous occasions, um, not the least of which was the time that uh, I got my other truck stuck out in the bush. Um, the other truck was a 1986 uh, Dodge Ram W250 uh, that I had picked up for $800. And uh, it had some Bridgestone V steels on it, which were great for the highway, um, not so much for the bush, particularly in the snow. So we were out exploring, and uh, it was kind of early spring, and we started going down this road, and the snow just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and it kind of got to a point where I couldn't turn around. Uh, the road was either too narrow, or I didn't have the traction to do so. So the decision was made to keep going, and uh, that's what we did. We ended up coming down this hill, and as I said, the snow kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper, so by the time we got to the bottom of this hill, the snow was about midpoint on the wheels of the truck. It was uh, touching the bottom of the truck in some places. And we came around a corner, and the truck stopped. Okay, but not stuck yet managed to put it in reverse and I backed up a little ways and then the truck stopped again. So back into a forward phase, a forward gear and uh, pulled forward and the truck stopped again and when I put it in reverse this time no go. So we ended up digging for a while and <clears throat> were unsuccessful at uh, extracting ourselves. So we decided that uh, maybe it was time to call somebody. And we managed to get a, um, a signal out and managed to get a hold of a buddy of mine. And he got a hold of my other friend who had the green half ton at the time. Uh, it was getting quite late when we started to hear a a familiar sound and that familiar sound was that half-ton two-wheel drive uh, with a set of chains and it came down to where we were stuck turned around and drove back out so yeah that was uh that was quite a thing to see a two-wheel drive truck come in 
and uh, turn around where the four-wheel drive was stuck and quite a learning experience. So to those that say you need to have a four-wheel drive to get through winter, I beg to differ. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, uh, I hope I get that truck back together one of these days soon. I, I do miss it. Now, the other truck, the W250, uh, I picked that truck up for uh, $800. And one of the things you have to look out for when you're buying an old truck of any make or model is rust. Um, now, when I went and looked at this truck, it looked pretty good. The clutch was maybe a little worn. Uh, it had a little bit of rust over the rear wheel wells, like nothing major. And so I decided to pick it up. And heck, for 800 bucks, you couldn't really uh, couldn't really go wrong. It had a 360 and a four-speed, and obviously, as I said, four-wheel drive. And so it was. Uh, in a neighboring town, so we ended up going for a drive and picking it up. And driving home, uh, it didn't like the highway so much, so we took a back road. And there was a big, huge puddle in the middle of the road, and I aimed straight for it because I'm a 10 year old. <laughs> and uh, we hit this puddle. And immediately following hitting the puddle, a huge fountain of water came up through the passenger floor and soaked my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> I had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. And she just had this shocked look on her face. But uh, that was the time that I realized that that truck had no floors in it. <laughs> Not a really big deal. We ended up covering it over with just some sheet metal. We didn't even bother tacking it down or anything. I mean, I paid $800 for the truck. I wasn't really going to go too far with it. I don't. I didn't think at the time. And I drove the bag off that truck for years. Years and years. The only upgrade that truck ever really received was a set of tires in the form of um, Interco Super Swamper uh, LTBs. Uh, in 34 by 1050 and really that was the only thing I ever did to that truck I mean it got oil changes and uh, minor maintenance and when I say minor maintenance I really mean minor maintenance like I didn't do damn thing to that truck and really beat the piss out of it for many years and I decided that I really liked that truck so I was going to rebuild it and uh, I started digging into it. We got the front end off the thing. Um, we got the floors. We were starting to cut the floors out, and that's when we realized uh, that we were in trouble. Uh, we should have started on the driver's side, and uh, we ended up starting on the passenger side. The passenger side wasn't so bad, but... Uh, we got the patch panel welded in on the passenger side and got over to the driver's side and lifted up the floor mat and started cutting and got further into it and looked and it was rusted all the way back to where the seat belt mounted into the floor behind the driver's seat and all the way up the firewall almost to the windshield 
so that cab was toast. Um, so at that point, I started really looking at this truck, um, getting into it, and it was turning out to be far more work than I had anticipated and would have been far more money than I had to rebuild it. So we ended up scrapping it, and I kept everything that I could, um, the 360, the 4-speed, um, I've got both axles, and the dashboard, and a bunch of other stuff from it, but the truck itself is long gone, um, so I needed a replacement for it, and since I had all these Dodge parts kicking around, uh, it was time to look for another Dodge. So that's when my 1987 uh, Dodge W250 came around, and that is the current four-wheel drive truck that I have. It's a 318 and a four-speed. I have plans to build the 360 for it. Um, hopefully I can build a 408, but, uh, you know, time, money, all that sort of good stuff. Um, both of these trucks have had the name The Goat, and that's basically because uh, they'll climb whatever you point them at. Uh, they are quite incredible off-road. Uh, the new Goat has uh, 35 by 10 uh, Super Swamper SX2s on it. Um, if you need an off-road tire, man, you cannot beat those tires. Uh, anything really that Interco makes, you can't beat them off-road. Um, so that truck, uh, the transmission was pretty whiny on it, and I ended up replacing that in my driveway. And there's a, another story there. Uh, so my driveway is gravel, and there is nothing light on these trucks. Uh, the transmission weighs a ton. It's all cast iron. The transfer case is, I think, 150, 200 pounds. And I was getting tired of waiting for my buddy to show up to put the transfer case in once we got the transmission in. And so I, I decided, well, I could put the transfer case in. And I'm under the truck and I've got the transfer case and I've lifted it up into place, but it won't sit on the pins. Uh, there are pins coming out of the uh, transmission tail housing that lock into holes on the transfer case to have it sit in the right position. And I could not, for the life of me, get it to sit on those pins. Uh, the splines lined up, everything, but it was not sitting on the pins. And I've got this thing, it's above my face, and my arms are starting to shake. And I called my girlfriend from across the across the yard, like, just yelled for her. And she came running over and asked me what was wrong and how she could help. And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to drop this thing on my face. <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe you can get under here and kick the trans transfer case. And she said, is that a good idea? Like, you might drop it. And I was like, if you don't, I'm definitely going to drop it. So this is a thing that's going to happen. So she wiggled her way under the truck as well and kicked the transfer case. And it just click 
and went home. And that was the most relieving sound I have ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, that transfer case would have done some serious damage if I had dropped it on my head. <laughs> but fortunately, when she kicked it, yep, click. And just a huge sigh of relief. Uh, yeah, working on vehicles is fun. Anyways, so that's, uh, that's the goat. Um, that is, uh, my third, yeah, third Dodge truck. Uh, I do have another one as well. This one is a 92, uh, D250 with the Cummins 12 valve in it. Um, people won't believe you when you tell you when they you tell them what kind of mileage you get from those things. Uh, they are unbelievable. Thirty miles to the gallon in a three-quarter ton truck, all day long. I think what dra draws me to these old Dodge trucks is just how tough they are. Um, like with the original W250. I beat the crap out of that truck, and it just kept on going, like, asking for more. The green half-ton rode off two vehicles in a single crash and drove home over the highway uh, for over an hour and had no problem at all. And I, I mean, it rode off. The two other vehicles, uh, they were crushed. That was the end of them. Um... This current Dodge, um, the transmission was whining and um, it had been neglected for quite some time just sitting in a field and I got it and just drove it and it's been great. Um, the D250 Cummins, um, yeah, again, just drive it and it's been great. Um, granted, the uh, Cummins does need to have a front-end rebuild in it, uh, ball joints and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the engine weighs a thousand pounds, so fair enough. But yeah, they're just strong trucks. Uh, I've owned Fords and Chevys as well, and the 82 F250 that I had had frame flex so bad that if you parked it with one tire higher than the rest of them, uh, you couldn't open the doors. And the the current W250 that I have, I've had that thing with the front tire four feet in the air, and you could open the doors, open the tailgate, everything works. And the body lines lined up, so yeah, obviously the frames are fairly well built too. And I don't know, um, maybe it's my bias showing a little bit here, but um, I really do think that they are uh, the toughest trucks of that era, by a fair margin. Uh, the Chevys that I had, I had like door handles coming off in my hands, which was... Uh, disappointing to say the least but uh yeah that's been 
my experience with Dodge trucks is they're just tough. Maybe I'm just particularly lucky, or maybe they are actually good trucks. But in the, I guess, 11 years that I've been driving Dodge trucks for, um, particularly the 72 through uh, 93 trucks, um, I've never had one really leave me stranded. Uh, there was one time that the green half-ton uh, conked out on me, but it was a minor uh, electrical issue that was fixed within a half hour, and that was it. Um, I hope you've uh, enjoyed my stories and this look into the 72 through 93 Dodge truck. In the next episode, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Thanks for listening. As always, you can reach me at stillplayswithcarspodcast at gmail.com, and thanks again. See you in the next episode.